Well, you know, we've been uh, doing these surveys on our app and been asking people lots of questions like, do you like artificial or real trees? And do you, um, what is your favorite Christmas carol? And we've had some of these responses. Well, this last week we asked the question, do you open gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? And I'm almost tempted to see if it's going to hold true here from what we have. Um, Raise your hand if you open your gifts on Christmas Eve. Raise your hand if you open your gifts on Christmas morning. Okay. All I know is the app came out that those who do it on Christmas morning are about 64% compared to those who do it on Christmas Eve. And I was at Christmas Eve, you know, we celebrated because maybe we just couldn't wait. No patience. I don't know. Maybe the parents finally gave in. Well, we've been looking at Christmases over the past few Sundays. We've been looking a lot at what does it mean to look back at that past Christmas and title this kind of a retro Christmas, like you've heard Throwback Thursday or Flashback Friday. I remember um, when I was a child, we would sit in the car, and um, it's not like it is today where you could kind of iTunes and put on earbuds or you know put on headphones or something and kind of tune out what everyone else is doing. You actually had to listen to what that one radio was playing, everybody in the car. And I remember as a kid, I would kind of say to my parents, could, you know, my brother and I, we would, can we listen to KDWB, KDWB? Which was at that time like this really, you know, rocking station. Um, anyway, and they would on Flashback Fridays play Golden Oldies. Uh, groups like Paul Revere and the Raiders. Right, right? And the Mamas and the Papas. Anybody, you know, I said that to somebody the other day. They go, what? Really? That's the name of a group? They were really harmless names. Dave Clark Five. The Animals. Things like the Four Seasons. Remember those groups? Okay, I've dated myself. Like half of you are going yes, and the rest of you are going. Well, anyways, I was thinking about those Christmas series of the messages, and I, I, when I was thinking about this, planning this, and, and looking at these messages that were coming this Christmas season, I, I, can, I can remember thinking to myself, what would it be like if we could just kind of go back and, and just kind of experience that in the past, and, and when Christmas was really much more simpler? Not real complex. And, and when the story was about the story, it was about a baby. Um, not, you know, it, it, some of the things you might watch, some of the cartoons that you see. I don't remember. Even when I was a kid, they liked the Frosty the Snowman. Remember that one? You were scared to death. Well, anyway, I don't know what kind of animation they used. But, or, 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 or when you would find joy in something that was truly sustainable. And, and not nearly the, the new high that you might get from a, a toy or some thing like a socks that you're hoping for. Anyway, um, well, Christmas Eve day, we celebrate and we think of this great event and we think back to that first Christmas. And I think one of the questions that is asked it again and again, and it's an age old question, it's kind of a retro Christmas question, is the same exact question that um, I don't think anyone else asks it better than Charlie Brown. I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, 
And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Well, I thought I had to compete with the kids' story, so... Thought maybe you'd want to hear what Charles Schultz thought when he wrote about Charlie Brown. What is this all about? And we consider this question. I want us to look a little further back than just the story in Luke, although we'll look at that. Think back 700 years before Christmas. Here is Isaiah, and he is looking forward. He's actually prophetically sending out what I call save the date cards. Okay? There's a baby who's coming, who's going to be born. And Isaiah tells us what it's all about long before it came about. He basically says it's all about a baby. And so when you read Isaiah, you read Isaiah chapter 9, and we've been looking at this over the last few weeks, verses 2 and, and 6, he says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And let's say these together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So long before it came about, Isaiah tells us it's about a baby. A child born, a son given, a baby named Jesus, an infant who in this infant had the potential to become with these titles a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, the one who brings shalom, the sense of wholeness. And according to Isaiah, he's a baby that has the potential to take away our darkness and to fill us with the light of God's presence and his love. And so as we look at this, I, I thought, I'm just going to share with you a couple things. Born this happy morn, you, 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 that word, you hear this when we sing it, born this happy morn, is a baby who removes the darkness of our sinful hearts with the light of his love and forgiveness. That's, that's wrapped up in these words. Isaiah is proclaiming the prophetic word. He comes to a guy named King Ahaz and he comes to the leaders and he gives them an opportunity to see God work in their life to actually come in and save them from this Assyrian nation that's, that's beginning to invade and then this couple nations around them that were, their, their brothers in a sense were going to invade and, and then another nation. And he gives them an opportunity. He says, I'll even give you a sign. He comes to people in grace and this mercy and he says, I will give you a sign that I am with you. I am for you that I want to forgive you when you acknowledge your heart and your sin and, and you acknowledge your waywardness. And this baby is promised in the midst of darkness to bring light. The light of God's loving forgiveness. He's talking about a savior, one who's to come, who is not just one that comes externally and, and removes the, the stress and the things around us, but one who does what, what often happens and works best is he works first in us. 
And the place he works is in our hearts. And in a sense, this baby has come to forgive the darkness of our own hearts and our own sin. We all need to be saved from it. So Jesus not only saves in the sense that he comes to care for us, but he saves us from ourselves. Whether we intentionally or arrogantly stand against God or whether we live in the ignorance of our own pride, thinking that we're okay and that we can measure up on our own. And he says, no, compared to my son Jesus, that's the only way. If you, you get there, otherwise you need forgiveness. It's all about a baby who has the potential to save us from the darkness of our hearts. And, and you remember in the story that you just heard about Luke, it, it, the shepherds are watching their flocks by night and, and the glory of the Lord shines around them and they're, they're sore afraid. And I love the angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, here's the great news. A savior is born for you. His name is Christ the Lord. I used to read this and then the next line kind of sent me and I kind of, I don't really get this because the next line was, this will be a sign to you. And so I'm thinking of a sign, you know, star in heaven. It's got to be something really magnificent. And all of a sudden, when I read it, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And I'm thinking, what, what kind of sign is that? You ever think about that? What, what's the sign there? Well, this story makes sense if you understand the backstory of what's happening with these shepherds. These are not just um, any old run-of-the-mill shepherds that are out there watching their flocks. Some commentators and others who have done study and, and, and look back at this area where you have Jerusalem and Bethlehem, which is just about five miles south of there, they, they have done work and found that that shepherding area, so Bethlehem is the house of bread, and it's from this house of bread comes the bread of life. What they had found is in this area was probably a place where the, the sheep that were taken care of were the sheep that were cared for by the Levite in the priesthood. And the Levites are the administrative ones. They're the ones who took care of not only the temple and running and ordering things. They're not the ones that actually the priests that, ordered, that, that offered the sacrifice. But they were the ones that cared for all the stuff. So they would be the ones that would make sure that there would be a lamb that could be sacrificed. And specifically, they'd look for one lamb that would be unblemished, without spot, perfect. And they would watch throughout the year and they would kind of call from the flock, and if it looked like a perfect lamb that had no blemishes, no spots, no injuries, they would take that lamb, and they would often, because they don't want it in any way to get blemished, they would put it in swaddling clothes. They would take it and put it in these cloths, and they would take these cloths, and they would separate them from all the rest in order to kind of have a group of them so that one of them, one of them would be perfect enough, spotless enough, that that lamb could be offered once a year by the high priest who would go into the very presence of God and say, God, this lamb, although it isn't, you know, it's perfect in every way, it's, it, it is a sacrifice, which you have told us to do, to forgive us of our sins. And so what you get this picture of in, in, in this story is these angels come to this, guess what? A savior's come. And these are Levite, these are Levite, I'm guessing, these shepherds are standing there and he says, you're going to find a baby who's wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's my son. And now you fast forward the story. Because these shepherds, I think, have an understanding of significance. The sign means something deeply to them. 
And you fast forward the story and you see Jesus coming to a man named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is out there baptizing. He looks out and he says, look. Gets everyone's attention. He says, the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. It's all about a baby who comes. And for those who have the eyes and the hearts to see it, see within this child, this child who has come with the potential to someday save all people who put their faith and trust in him from their own self-centered hearts, their own sinful condition. And one of the great things about Christmas is upon the shoulders of this one is placed the sin of this world because he is this spotless, chosen lamb of God. And so that's what we think about when we think about Christmas. You see a baby, and in that baby is the potential for us to know the incredible love and forgiveness of God. And that's good news. Because a Savior has come for you, has come for me. And if you're in this place this morning where you feel the weight of your own guilt and your own sin, and you understand, in a sense, your own shame and your distance from God, he says, Christmas is, listen, it's all about a baby. There's a baby who came. Who came in order to take your sin to take your own shame and your own guilt and place it on the cross and remove it forever. Born this happy morning, though, it's not just this baby who um, removes the darkness of our heart and our sin with the light of God's love and forgiveness. But there is also this baby who removes the darkness of our fearful hearts with the very light of God's presence. So he deals first with this whole thing of, of the separation of our sin, which this God needs to remove from us, and he does through his son. And now he says, I want you to walk in the, in the light of my presence. I don't want you to fear. And so Isaiah tells us the potential ruler who is to come is the ruler of the universe. He comes to lead and to care for his people. And the angel, as he stands before these shepherds who are overwhelmed, he, he, he calls out to him and says, don't be afraid, guys. Now, that's easy for the angel to say, because whenever an angel shows up in Scripture, what happens is, I think it's like there's just all this glory and energy that your body, like, short circuits, and almost every time when you see an angel come in Scripture, the person is kind of flat on their face in almost a swoon state. And, and so they're kind of like, you know, you see the picture, they're like this, and he says, don't be afraid. I don't want you to live in fear. I don't want you to let your hearts be wrapped up in worry. I don't want you to live your life looping again and again in your mind where you're trying to figure all these things out. Don't be controlled by your fear. Don't be afraid. A Savior has been born to you. In this baby, the potential of this baby is one who will rule the world and on his shoulders will be the government. And if you think getting a tax bill Past is a big deal. You wait to this baby who potentially had not just the ability to take the, the government on his shoulders, but will come again someday, and you wait to see what he can do in this world to come. 
But I think it's our pride and our fear and our selfishness that keeps us from turning our lives over to him. When we think of God's rule through Jesus, we think of words like exploitation or manipulation, all kinds of oppressive ways of ruling. And when he, what we fail to understand is in this little baby, the potential of this one who not only can place on his shoulders the sin of the world, he also has the ability to place on his shoulders the government, the rule of this world. And because we don't understand a perfectly loving, good, merciful, always humble and honest kind of person, and we don't understand what an infinitely eternal and sovereign ruler who always has our best in mind and always loves us completely and is always dependable, caring and protective and perfectly provides, because we don't understand what that's like. And we can't imagine the innocence and wonder of a baby becoming a man filled with and overflowing with love that he cares so much about you that he would give his life for you. Because we don't understand that, we kind of hold back and we say, look it, I, I need to run things. I, I'm going to rule things and... Isaiah says the potential of Jesus in the kingdom he will bring is that this is one who is a child who is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. And royal titles will be given to him. And then it says his ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. His rule with perfect fairness and justice from the throne of his father David, he will bring true justice and peace to all the nations of the world, and this will happen because the zeal of the Lord, the ruler of heaven's armies, has dedicated himself to do this. Just imagine for a moment a society that comes under the rule of Jesus, where the government is placed on his shoulders. Imagine a society where there is no arrogance, no big shots, no manipulation, no exploitation of power. No need for a hashtag me too. Imagine a society that is not petty or small-minded, where there's no gossip, no cheats, no theft, no lying, no pretending. Imagine a society where people are on the lookout for people who are lonely and discouraged and overwhelmed. Imagine a society where those who are vulnerable or at risk or feel marginalized or are hurting or are wounded are loved and cared for and attended to. This is the good news that the angels are announcing. God, whose kingdom is up there, has come down here and is available to anybody who desires to have that kingdom rule in their heart. And he wants to invite you. This Christmas is all about saying, I have come into this world, but not just into this world. I have come so that I could be a part of your life and in your heart, so that I could lead you and guide you. And I could rule through you. And he wants to make that kingdom rule available to anybody. And all this was in the baby Jesus. In his life, Jesus embodied this. Jesus taught this. Jesus said, in me, all that you long for is, all that you hope for will be, and all that you can imagine is even more. It's all about a baby. And in Jesus, God has carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. And in Jesus, he will carry the government of this world on his shoulders. And he kind of says, surely, if I can carry that and we'll be carrying that, I can carry your fears, your sins, your concerns. I can carry your future. 
There's a sense where this truth should so fill our heart. I think every Christmas, when I think about Christmas, it's an opportunity for God to come once again as this gift and said, I am here, I am with you, I am for you. I've removed your sins. I'm also here to take your fears. If you give your heart in humble faith and trust to me. Now, what I think is so interesting, remember that clip we were watching? Because this is so us as people. You see Linus, he does the whole thing, and at one point he says, he's saying, do not be afraid. Do you know when he says do not be afraid, he drops his blanket? Isn't that kind of cool? In the midst of sharing all that, he feels, and he drops his insecurities. And do you notice what happens as he's kind of inspired by all that? What does he do as he leaves? Picks up the blanket. And I just laugh. I go, that is so me. Isn't that? That's so us. Christmas is an opportunity for you to again just stop and say, Jesus, here's my life. Here's my fears. Here's my sin. Here's my concerns. I want to drop them. I want to learn how to live with them at my feet and me in your presence. I'm going to ask the team to come forward as we close this service in a few songs of worship.